This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh my, now I'm here at last. Hey, Lucky here. It's the Pat and JT Podcast. Pat and JT Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. There we go. Is All that right, good? We're good? Yeah, yeah we're good. Okay, uh, okay so uh, we just jump right in. I don't okay. count down or anything. We. Uh, I like that. Yeah, it's like whatever. We just we just roll with it. Playing the part of JT today is uh, my friend Brian McFadden. How you doing, Brian? I feel... I, <laughs> playing the part of JT? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do I look? You, you know, <laughs> pretty on point, it's, especially now. You saw her before we came in here. Oh, she, she, she had no voice. Yeah, she is... Uh, she's, it's, she's a hot mess. That poor thing. Yeah. I haven't seen... I, honestly, I, I run into you all the time. Every time I come back to, to Omaha, I run into you. Yeah. And I, I think the last time I saw you was up at Village Point. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you look at me you're like, we've got so much to catch up on. You know, fast See forward. seven years. Yeah, three, four years later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, McFadden, so many things have changed. I know, and like, we, we haven't, it's like, uh, it's actually done this yeah. for what, 12 years? It had, was it MTV? Where was it one of the other TV shows I was doing? It was Beauty and the Geek. Okay. Because I think you were back in town with one of your geek, the geek co-star. I was dating one of the girls yes. in the show. Yeah, Mindy. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a wow. That's that that a was, long time ago. That was like two thousand four or two, maybe three. No, that you, was two thousand five. Because you were back in town for the Husker. Two thousand five or six. Okay. And I was doing uh, uh, the, the Tom Osborne's uh, yep. or the with Damon Benning. I was doing this thing, um, the flag football tournament. Yep, the Husker daily and Terry Hanna. That was fun. That was a great time. Yeah, that was a good time. I was like eighty pounds heavier. So I was struggling. You got taller, by the way. What? <laughs> <laughs> my I get short. My wife's taller. She's like an inch taller than me. And I feel like I'm getting shorter every day. That's that's hot though. That's what I tell her. It's so super hot. Yeah, you got a, you got the long legged girl. Yes. Yeah, that's, I love it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I want that. her to wear wedges all the time. She doesn't. She's like, I don't want I don't want necessarily to be taller. She wants to fine. see. The thing is, the girls want to be like be able to look you in the eye. Yeah, but I want to look her in the neck. <laughs> like that's hot. I've never heard anyone <laughs> say that. I want to look my wife in the neck. <laughs> You can use that if you want. <laughs> no, I'm going. To, I'm going to. <laughs> she doesn't understand why why that would be hot. It's hot to a guy uh, to look at your girl in the neck. Yeah. No, I don't. I never once thought about. My wife has a hot neck. I never put that in my bank. <laughs> you will now. <laughs> oh my god. You and will now. I'm gonna actually Google that to see if that's something that people search. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were talking about that yesterday with foot fetishes. I'm sure people search that online. <laughs> Turtlenecks. Tur- yeah. <laughs> you, hot turtlenecks. You look at. There's. You look at. Uh, Pat's uh, <laughs> Google search. It's just girls in turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it's hot. Wow. Okay. Um, so you're back. What you're back in town, just hanging out with the family? Yeah, seeing the family. You know the the weather. Like one of my friends in New York was telling me because I live in New York now was telling me that I've been chasing winter. Yeah. And I have. I mean, and honestly, I mean, you know, in in my my old age, I've been getting. Uh, I just think in eight months of winter, unbelievable. And, and I went to, it, but what's it like 80 degrees in New York now? Yeah, it's like 75, 80 degrees. Yeah, that sucks. And you come here and it's 48 degrees. They're talking about another snowstorm, but I think we're going to miss it here. And you were here last time when, during the bomb cyclone. 
I was in Minneapolis. Trying to come home. I went, in, I went to Minneapolis to see my pops, and we were having like an early Easter dinner, and I wanted to go to see a baseball game. I'm a diehard Minnesota Twins fan, and I, I went up there, and <laughs> I got tickets to go to the Friday game, and they said, oh, there's a snowstorm coming. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is mid-April. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? A snowstorm. And sure enough, I got, I got, uh, I got snowed in at the Mall of America. I can think of worse places. It's not a bad place to be snowed in because you, you, you can't be bored. Everything possible. You got sports bars, right? You've got Hooters. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, that's that. You got a water. They didn't burger. have a bar like that called Necks, like with really hot girls with just really hot necks <laughs> for guys that like necks. <laughs> just necks. That's the that's the craziest fetish I've ever heard. I know it's not even really a fetish. Just my wife. I call it her nook. Like right in here, it's her nook or her nape. So you get up in that nook. Oh, yeah. Is that actually what it's called? Well, the nape is the back of the neck. I think is she has a yeah. hot nape. Her, her nape is 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 on point. Uh-huh. You always make her wear a side pony so you can see it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell her that your na- your nape is on point, babe. <laughs> wow, some people are into like you know legs and the butt. <laughs> you got Pat. He was into the nape. Nape, I love it. <laughs> Um, so you're in town for uh, for how long? Just hanging I, out? I was gonna stay until tomorrow, um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home on Sunday. I, I need to see friends and family. As a matter of fact, I mean, my sister just moved down to Lincoln, and I haven't been down there in a while. Yeah, come down. I, I haven't been to a football game in like two years. So I oh, want to really? go down there and just kind of like you know just kind of soak it in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, and this fall, man, come back and we'll go to a game. Yeah. Wait, we is this an invite? Yeah, I don't okay. have any tickets. I'm, actually, we're this is recording right now. Yes. Right? Well, yeah, we're recording. <laughs> this will be. Yeah, this is it's recording, so it's on. It's it's there. Yeah, it'll be fun. I haven't gone to. A, uh, I guess I went to a, like one quarter of a game. But usually, just going tailgate and Uber home. I used to have season tickets, but got to the point where I, I couldn't come back. Yeah. And then my my sister, um, her her husband would always take the tickets. And I just, I'd, I'd get major FOMO. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Seeing all the pictures and stuff. And I think when they divorced, he was like, oh, no, no more season tickets. He should have stuck it out a little longer. No, <laughs> he should have. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, that was rough. What was it? The, uh, the Callahan era? Callahan. Yep. Callahan. Pelini was better. Pelini was better, but it was such a negative, there was so much negative energy. Yeah, I, I agreed. And then Riley coming in just was like the aw shucks. You know what I always said about, R- about Riley? What? He was the aw shucks coach. Totally was and the aw shucks coach. he's such a nice coach. guy. He's the guy that you want as your neighbor. Yeah. Because if he threw a party, he was never going to call the cops. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, you get, you have you have a party and you're, you're, you're keeping up Scott Frost. He's coming over to oh, shut it down. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't even think he'll call the cops. He'll just roll over. Yeah, there. just roll over. Music In his gym down. shorts and a tank top. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, you got it. Got it. And he looks like he could still play. Oh man, he's all rocked up. How is it here? I'm, I've never been happier. I, even though we won four games last year, yep. I've never been happier than having him back. Me just too. because he's a proven winner, and just to see the culture and the way people have changed, just exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And so, and I was going to ask you that, that, like the exact opposite of that. What's it like being a huge Husker fan like you are and living in New York? Not being here, it's easier, I'm sure, with Facebook. And well, all you, that kind of stuff. That is a good question. You know, I, I moved to New York back in. 1997. <laughs> Seems like it's been a minute. 97? 97. Is that when you were on TRL? I was on TRL in 2000. I was on, I was on MTV from 99 to 2004. Okay. Um, I started TRL in 2000. Okay. Because I was doing MTV News prior to, to And that. you were on, in, on the radio. In, did you go to... I was on K-Rock. That's how I got my start. Okay, got it. In 97. So you, okay, so I got it. I was on K-Rock with Howard Stern. That's and right. Those guys. But when, when I got there, you know, cause being a diehard Nebraska fan, we all are, especially if you're born here. I was trying to find a place to watch the games. And back in the 90s, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, um, uh, New York, but there was there was a Nebraska bar called the, called the Bear Bar, which was on the Upper East Side. And 
I couldn't wait to go, but it was so far away from everything. Right. Um, but it was it was fun. You get you get there, and that's where I re-met Dave Remington. He was the oh, president yeah. of the New Yorkers for Nebraska Football Society, and I was like, "This is amazing! You can hang out with legends and watch Nebraska football, have a beer, watch a football game. That's a dr- coming from here. That's a dream, a dream. And you yes. walk up to the table and be like, hey, how are you? And now Dave's become a friend, and we get lunch every once in a while in the city. And then great when, photographer, by the way. Oh my God, he's amazing. You you follow him on yeah, Facebook, oh, yeah, absolutely, and on Instagram as well. He's awesome. He's, he's a sick photographer. Right. And we come back here. We go to Dinkers. Dinkers is a great spot for Best a burger. Burgers Best burger. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's uh it's it's hard. It's difficult because you know, when you're in the you're in the Big Ten and you're on the East Coast, it's like, you know, people they're more into professional sports. Right. But you get around some of those college guys that that went to Penn State or Syracuse and they just talk nothing but like smack about Nebraska football. That's difficult. It ha- it would have especially the last few years it's been difficult. Well, how are you on game day? Do you do you uh do you? I have like basically three people I text on game day. Yeah, and we just we just basically smack talk the entire time. Uh, if, like Husker fans, Husker fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I I haven't last year. I didn't, but I've got yeah. I, I have a small little group of people that if well if something good happens, we will. But I don't usually text <laughs> well, for about ten years. We're just like, are oh, you watching this night? I, I just <laughs> <Right>. turned it <laughs> off. <laughs> one time, one text a year with these guys. Yeah. So I don't know. I I love I love being able to watch. Watch games, especially the Big Ten Network, be, with BTN and being able yeah. to with on the app and be able to be you know riding around in the car on a trip. And you can watch the game on your app. Love it. Well, I love it when we, when I get to see you know former Huskers on when, when I'm when I'm watching like either from LA or New York and I see like Damon Benning on yeah. there. I see Matt on there and it's like oh wow this is pretty darn cool like yeah. just to see these guys like yeah, doing man. their thing and Damon he's that he's guy's awesome. good. He's 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 really good. good. Yeah, he's talking about a guy. I was I was thinking he's going to be on the national level here soon. He will. I think, and I think he's probably had offers. Yeah. Um, I know he's got his kids here and stuff. So, you know, and they're, they're young. They're 10, 11, 12. He's the epitome of Nebraska. When I see, when I see him on on TV, it's good. Good dude. Smart guy. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, it would be tough. I would think to live. I lived in Tulsa for a while, but I lived in Tulsa for the three years. When? when It was 90, 99 to 2000, end of 90, beginning of 99 to the end of 2001. You were like in the midst of bubblegum pop and boy yep. bands. Oh yeah, I was. And you came here after? Yep, uh, yep, came here, and it was just crazy because I did the morning show, intern for the morning show here at Sweet for a long time, then worked on the Edge here at night. Oh and wow! Then went into the Edge in Tulsa, did mornings, and then came back here to do the morning show on Sweet for yeah. I, I don't know if you knew this, but I was on the Edge in Minneapolis. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, yeah. That's we're we're Edge brothers. Yeah. It's crazy, right? <laughs> that was I mean, I mean back, especially back in the mid 90s, that was like the coolest. I mean, that was the cool channel, it you was, know, alternative rock radio. It was yep. like, you know, we had, you had the Pumpkins and Pearl Jam and I mean, Green Day and well, we, Nirvana. Um, we just had last week a, a, a documentary crew co- coming through here cuz they're doing a documentary on the Ranch Bowl. And oh, all wow. the bands that went through the Ranch Bowl, and Scott and I, who I did nights with, did um, we did a lot of stuff with the Ranch Bowl back in the day. So they talked, just hearing all those stories again about the bands that came through. God, it was fun, dude. I, I saw Nelson at that Ranch Bowl. Remember Nelson? Heck yeah, I remember. Nelson. I was like in the seventh or eighth grade, and we lived um, two blocks from the Ranch Bowl. So I used to walk down there all the time when the bands would be Nelson playing. was my jam, man. I loved <laughs> I bet Nelson. It was. What was that song? I just listened to Taylor Dane on the way on, before oh, I went wow. to uh, the gym this morning. <laughs> on beer shelter got me pumped up for kickboxing <laughs> <laughs> but I this did. is coming from a guy who's in love with napes 
I know. Hey, you got to take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Taylor Dane. I haven't heard that name in a long time. And I actually, okay, and you were telling me this, and I got on, I haven't thought of her music at all. We brought her in when I was working for Sweet 98 a long time ago, yeah. brought her in when Peeny Park was still here, and she Peeny played Park. a show, and like afterwards, everybody went out partying and stuff, and that was like the first time I ever got to hang out with somebody. I was like 19. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it I was. And yeah. it, at the time, yeah. yeah. And um, so I hadn't thought about her or her music for a long time, and then I saw on Snapchat this week. Is that when you were with uh, Rob Thomas for the CD release? Yes, thing? I was I in saw him. I New saw York, that. Yeah. I saw that, and something like the next story had mentioned something about Taylor Dane, not on you, not you, but I'm like, oh crap! And so I downloaded, got on Apple Music, and threw it on a playlist and listened to Taylor Dane, which I love. Rob Thomas's new CD, by the way, he's the good. He, awesome. You know what I love about that guy? I've I've known him for over 20 years, and I've, I met you know in Matchbox 20, like when I was doing radio, and that carried over to when I was on MTV, and we just remained friends this whole time. Seems like a really nice guy. That guy's never changed. He's 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 no, there's no ego. He's down to earth. He's there's no like aw shucks golly gee in him, but he's just like very salt of the earth. It hasn't changed. A bit. That's cool. And his music's incredible. His wife's awesome. It just a just a great guy. And he's the kind of person that even if you met him like one time, he'd remember you. He may not remember your name, but he remembered like some some point part of your conversation. Really? Yeah. And that, to That's me, incredible. I, I watch him with his fans, and I've never seen anyone like that. And I've been around rock stars like for the past twenty five years, and I've never seen any anyone any person like that. That's and, incredible. And whenever he's in town, we always always get together. Well, he um when Matchbox Twenty came through on their first disc. At, played at the Civic Auditorium. That's when the Edge station was here. And I know he would remember that night because Jeff DeGan, who's on a morning show here in town, uh, Channel, uh, he was on the Edge staff. Yeah. And he had these fake teeth that he popped in. And Jeff and Rob and a couple other guys from the band went around messing with people with these with these teeth. Oh, and I got a text. He thought it this. was the he thought it was the funniest. <laughs> Rob thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. And uh, that, yeah, that was it was a fun night. Was that yourself or someone like you? And there, yeah, was it was push out or was it long, uh, long it day? Was push had just yeah it was long day had push because long day was yeah. the first one and then yeah. push was like they're over the top because the like, edge, edge played long yeah. day and then push sweet ninety eight actually started playing so that's when so it was a crossover yep, yeah crossed over and it's unbelievable yeah. to see how the Lipman family kind of like nurtured these boys and then turned them into the rock stars that they are they're great i love them and he's great solo too yeah agreed he, i think he's they're gonna be they're not gonna be playing omaha they're playing uh in minneapolis i believe he was uh they were in town last year last fall or uh, the fall before oh matchbox yeah they were supposed to play at stir and it rained out moved them to mid-america center and in the middle of the set lightning hit the building and lost all the power oh wow and so yeah everybody was freaking out so they turned they did manage to get a spotlight on and he grabbed an acoustic guitar and played until the power came back on that's pretty cool it was awesome yeah that's a that's a i mean that's a showman right there yeah he didn't want he's like yeah he just played let's do this you it know was, it said, was cool you know, you know today's stars they just leave the stage call me when you're yeah. ready you know yeah you don't see that anymore that no, was cool no it's it, they i think they're going to be i mean matchbox 20 i think they're they're going to be out on tour again next year Okay. So Rob's doing his solo, his European, not European, but his uh, North American tour here. And then uh, yeah, the next year, I think the boys are getting back him, together. I've seen him multiple times. Yeah, great. yeah. This is one of those bands, you know, as I was talking to one of my buddies, it's like, you know, what's what's the one band or like, there's like probably a handful of bands you don't really tell too many of your dudes that you listen to. Right. <laughs> like Taylor Dane. <laughs> you definitely don't say Taylor Dane. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's on your list right now? Speaking of music. Um, 
I, I'm I, country. I'm I'm really into country right now. Well, like Billy Ray Cyrus and uh, <laughs> no, Little Nas X. <laughs> I do. Uh, what? I, you're I mean, telling me your son dabs you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I'm I'm dabbing back. I this the lingo. I always have to call my son. I'm like, what does this mean? He's like, Dad, you're fire. Yeah. I know. I don't, <laughs> and I can't even say it right because it doesn't I, sound cool. Well, and and I know the, what a couple of weeks ago or something, I heard uh, Bennett's been saying "fam" all the time. Fam, what's fam? up, fam? The <laughs> fam, fam. And I had asked him, like, "What does that? What does that mean?" He's like, "Ah, oh, it's just a term, friends, fam, or family." So I can't say it either. Like, hey, what's up, fam? You'd be like, dude, what is up with you? Do you have a stroke? I used to call my son bro. What's up, bro? He's, he's like, what? Well, you're how old's your son? <laughs> he's seventeen. He's a senior, and he's he's gonna graduate next month. Uh, just had his prom on Saturday. That's wild, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good looking kid, tall, taller than you, right? <laughs> he's got a nice nape. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That'll take him a long way. <laughs> yes, according to you, yeah. it will. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, uh, he's 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 right around six three. He's he's uh, locking in on the the modeling world. He's gonna be in Paris this this summer. His mom was a pretty big model, so he's gonna be kind of following in her footsteps. And then, but I stress, you know, after he graduates, you know, you can do that this summer. But he's going to college. What does he want to go to college for? Go to college? I don't know. <laughs> That's the you know what's interesting is like over the last three years, I ask him that question all the time, and it changes each time. One time it's finance, and the time it's like I want to get into real estate, and the time it's like he he gets the the bug. I'm like, well, what if you two don't get into broadcasting? Right. No. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I mean, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a tough career. Yeah. It's, it I really mean, is. I, I feel like I got very, very lucky in, yeah. in my path that I ended up my broadcast career in my hometown. You got very, very lucky. Yeah. Uh, you know, anybody that has any sort of success in this business, it's all, it's, it's, it's a hard work, obviously, yeah. but there are people that worked a lot harder than I did that didn't, didn't have what I consider to be a very successful career and what I did because I got to do what I love for 30 mm-hmm. years and now I'm doing it on my own with Jill. You know, we're doing this. So very happy. And you, I mean, look where you went. It's, I mean, it's, it's been, a, there's been highs and lows and, I, and it's interesting too, especially when you get into relationships, you don't, you don't realize, you know, when you're successful, they're all there for you. Like when, when I say successful, I mean like things are going well, they're, they're like gelling because in the entertainment business, a successful run is like three years. Yeah, maybe four point. years yeah, right and then you go down and then you're like okay back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and you've got about maybe a year off and then you're going oh boom another big show and then all of a sudden your phone's like ringing and you're you're going out some weird right person and then you realize like you know how they are how can they handle um adversity or if they if, if they're able to like take the uh, that you you know you're having these downs and you're depressed and yeah, it's 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 not a fun business to be in i can tell you that but when it's hot it's hot it's and and that and the money's good things and that helps <laughs> that makes um feats like shows being on for 10 years or hitting the 100 episodes mm-hmm. for tv or being on whatever for multiple years a humongous accomplishment you think about like you know david boreanis mm-hmm. okay so he said he's like i mean very successful shows like angel and he's, he's got some like navy seal show and i've known this guy for a long time you talk about consistency. Mm-hmm. i mean consistency like this guy has has been on on tv for like 25 30 years and and hit show after hit show, right. but they're not the shows that they're not the, like the friend shows. But that's like wow, you, just that's a constant re- paycheck. It's un, un, unheard of in Hollywood. Yeah, you know you, you, what? What else do you do for a living? I'm waiting tables right now. Right, you know that kind of thing. That's what you hear. I'm a bartender, or I'm doing this, which and, is crazy. Yeah, I hate Hollywood. <laughs> I've just oh, never so been when, me. So when you say Hollywood, are you talking L.A. Are you consider New York? No, how the Hollywoody. New York is not. I mean, I, what I love about New York is that was my when I got my first big break. It was I went to Minneapolis as a radio DJ um, over at ninety three point seven The Edge. I put together a fake audition so, tape. So you, when you you, you were from, from Omaha, from Omaha, and yeah. you 
were you were never on the radio in Omaha. Uh, you just said you got no. Your first I, I was gig. interning at Z ninety two, and I asked him if they would like put me on the radio. And then the guy goes, you're, he goes, uh, like no, you don't have enough talent or something like that. All right, dude, see you in a few years, buddy. <laughs> and I and I was just like, I'm, I guess I'm not going to be living in Omaha. And I I honestly thought I was going to be an attorney. I had no idea I was going to be doing radio or television or just the entertainment business. So, Being, you, so you get the job in Minneapolis. I got, yeah, I got the job in Minneapolis, and I was on with uh, uh, Kane. And that's right when, I mean, literally, I think 93.7 The Edge had been on the air for about a year. And it was kind of like, you know, all the kids were listening to it. And yeah. It was that, you know, it was kind of cool. Well, we got the attention from New York. Uh, 92.3 K-Rock New York. There was a um, program director named Steve Kingston who was at Z100 in New York. And he was going over to K-Rock because they were taking on that. Um, it was a rock station, but they were taking on that alternative rock right. sound and bringing it to New York. And they brought Kane and I um, to, to New York. And so, you hit, so how long were you in Minneapolis before you I was in Minneapolis for a little over a year. And, and you hit up. right at the right time. That's right, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was. And then when I was, how I got picked up from, you know, from K-Rock to MTV was this woman named Tara Flanagan. She was a scout for VH1 and she heard the show. She, she heard us on there. She thought, you know, we were probably like in our mid-20s, maybe early 30s. And she saw a picture on the website, and I looked like I was 12. <laughs> She's like, he's not VH1, that's for the older folks. And she contacted Rod Asa from MTV, and he was the guy that's like responsible for the Osbournes and all these other shows. He was the director of talent. And he called me into audition. And at that time, I was going by the name Alter Boy on the radio. Yeah, I remember that. And I went in and auditioned for a, a, a game show, and I got it. That was in 98. And then... My first day on MTV was 99. So I thought I was going to be on MTV doing this game show that Amit Zappa ended up hosting. So I did the oh, pilot. Really? Yeah, I did the pilot for it. And then I got the call from Rod saying, I got good news and bad news. The good news is we like you and the show's getting picked up. The bad news is you're not going to be on it. Oh, man. And mind you, Pat, like I didn't know anything what? about television. So I was telling everyone back home I'm going to be oh. on MTV. So they're like, he's got to be lying. <laughs> and That sucks. Yeah, so um, about three months later, uh, he calls me and he says, what do you think of MTV News? Because they were trying to find a place for me. They didn't want me to be a game show host kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I was just like Kurt Loder, you know, um, Serena Alchol, and and uh, John Norris, and Chris Connolly, and you know all these big names. I think Tabitha Sorin was on on MTV News, and and I, I was like, I don't, I'm not credible enough. And they're like, No, it's okay. We'll work with you. <laughs> I'm like, This is my idol That's, was Kurt Loder, you right? Know? And I got picked up and. I started doing MTV News. I think you was it last year or the year before when you put your first MTV News brief. You put it on Instagram, I think. Or yes, something? yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It was weird going back and looking. I think I was wearing like a a red sweater <laughs> because I, I knew it was like Did you I have wanted the frosted tips. I want yeah with frosted tips, but I wanted to wear something Nebraska. Like just something that. So they they didn't control from. like this is you're gonna wear these these pants we, this shirt. Or do you have a, did, could you choose? No, they did. You know, you got to be you know you got to be your authentic self. Some people weren't. Um, I try to keep keep true to who I was at that time. I mean, it was a pretty shitty outfit that I was wearing. <laughs> if you look back at the... God, man. And it was your own McFadden, I, I was wearing turtlenecks. No, they had a... Oh, my God. Well, they cover had, up that nape, yo. Yeah, cover that nape up. <laughs> it's brought to you by... <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... I uh, they had a whole wardrobe team. And so what they would do is they take you shopping. And there's certain things that I wanted to wear and certain things I didn't want. I was more, I was a little more conservative. Yeah. You know, but the frosted tips are running wild. Oh man, that was the right in the heyday of the frosted I mean, anytime tips. You, you needed your hair done, it was pretty much every day. And they would just like, like twist your tips. <laughs> yeah. Lucky. Yeah. I, I mean, it was it. bad. I just, sometimes I was just like, wow, man, 
don't do that. And I remember Dane saying a couple <laughs> years ago, don't do that. He's like, I want to, I want to get highlights. And I'm like, highlights, dude, no, trust me. You go back and look at those pictures. It's funny now, but <laughs> you're never getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be awesome though. I mean, just after the first, your first MTV news segment is on, right? The yeah. first one and your friends back here in Omaha I get cried. to see you. I can imagine, man. I, I, I mean, I grew up in like South Omaha, and I just didn't think, you know, you're always told that you're never going to be able to leave. And, and I love Nebraska, and I love like growing up here in Nebraska, in Omaha. Um, but I remember it was November, November 15th, um, 1999, was right when I started working at MTV. Well, they trained me for a month. So, and I didn't know when I was going to be on. They weren't going to tell me. But I had been training to do, hi, I'm Brian McFadden with MTV News. And that's the, the, what's the tag is? That's the news for now. Stay tuned for more news at 10 of the hour, every hour, right here on MTV. I mean, I was like... So you had to learn that, learn your cadence, learn everything. Everything. So um, when, when I got the call, I was in my, I was in my office watching Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Which who was <laughs> All you heard was like, jam, you're man. walking by my office like, uh. <laughs> so like, <clears throat> McFadden's in his office, you know, he's just chilling. I, I mean, come on. I was like college kid right. age, you know. I, and you're in the, you're right in the, in the. Like 23 uh, or 24 years old. Right there where Beavis and Butthead is. I mean, that's yeah. Beavis and Butthead central. They asked me what I wanted my first week on, on uh, first week at, M, at MTV. And I told my assistant that I, I was like, I want every episode of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and, they get, and they got it for you? I would order food and shut the door to my office and just listen to yeah, or watch God, uh, Beavis that, and Butthead. I forgot about Beavis and Butthead, man. That was the that was that Ren and Stimpy, all awesome. Two weeks, oh god, yeah, right. Two mm -hmm. weeks leading up to my first time on MTV, um, they had told me to be ready to go. So literally, had to be hair and makeup every day, and I was I was like to the point where I was like, you know, it's not going to happen, not until after the New Year, right? So it's December fifteenth, the day of the MTV holiday party, and they were doing um, MTV News was having their holiday party at a bowling alley, um, at Bullmar Lanes in New York City, and. I get a knock on the door, and it's it's uh, John Norris from MTV News, and he goes, "You ready?" Like, what? And I was like, "Are you serious?" And I'm all of a sudden. I mean, I've been nervous before, but I've never been this kind of nervous. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Because we grew up watching MTV, right? Oh, and, this and is I, it, man. This and is I, oh god, I, I'm getting chills right now. I'm just getting goosebumps talking, just hearing it. And this is after a month of of month training, of training, and mm -hmm. like you're you're in your zone. You've been doing broadcasting for a year for a couple of years, few years, Not yeah, more than that. What five six years? Probably yeah, about five or six years. Yeah, but it was like you're going to be on MTV, and you're going to go sit in the chair that you know Kurt Loder has sat in, and like John Norris and Chris Connolly and Serena Alchel, and like who? I mean, it was yeah. it was a big deal because I didn't hire anyone to to do MTV news. I'm shaking and I'm walking down. I, to the elevators, and Kurt Loder gets in the elevator, and he kind of looks at me, and he didn't really acknowledge me for the first year because he wanted you to prove your, you know, your worth. And he just, just goes, "Good luck." <laughs> I'm like, oh. I was like, I wanted oh. more than that, like you know. So I went, I went, uh, went down there, and everyone's like, "You, you got this." And, and those like, cut-ins yeah. were live. Were they live? Um, the, the I mean, it doesn't the matter. The cut-ins were live, but they they recorded. Okay, but they did everything live to tape. Oh, so okay, if you messed it. up. If you messed up, they were either going to keep it and want to see how bad bad you messed up, or they'll do it again. But it really annoyed the control room. Yeah. So you really wanted to make sure you were polished and ready to God, go. Pressure, I knew the man. story. Pressure. So, <clears throat> yeah. So every time I looked like I was about to die or cry, <laughs> it was you like were. that was my first week on MTV. But when I got there, I, I just remember when I finished, it was about it was about fifteen minutes worth of MTV news stuff. And when I finished, you could hear, and it was pretty far away from the control room. They were all like cheering. That's cool. Oh, dude, I just started crying. That's cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That was like, yeah, for me, that was like, oh, wow, I can't believe 
out of everything I've gone through in my life at that time, leading up to that time, I finally did something that was like, I, That's I could be proud of. And, and for some reason, I always wanted people back home to like, know that we could, you know, no matter what you're, yeah. you're, you're going through in your life, there's, there's always a way. There's always a way out or, you know. And that's even, and that message is, yeah. isn't more important than it is now. I mean, yeah. right now and now, nowadays when, with everything going on, um, just knowing that, yeah, man, no matter what you're going through, it's there's always something better. There's always light. Always. Always light, man. I was looking at this. I, I had one of the worst times of my entire life. I went through a bad breakup a couple of years ago. And I moved to New, um, to Portland to, do, uh, to get hard news experience because I just left CNN. And I was doing a morning show, and I didn't know anyone. And going through a breakup, not knowing anyone in that kind of climate, mm -hmm. oh, my God. It was depressing. Yeah. Oh, and really? Then one day I just snapped out of it. I was like, yeah. you know what, McFadden? Throw yourself into this city. Be lucky that you know so many people that want to do this job. And, and be it's lucky true. that you're here. And I made, good, that's good attitude. made friends with everybody, and it, was, it was, uh, turned out to be a, a great time. And I, and I fell in love with the city. I've heard Portland's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're, when, and you lived in Atlanta for how long? Two years before that? Three Three. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah, I was there for three years. I don't know. Whatever I, side of the political aisle somebody sits on doesn't matter to me. Chris Cuomo seems like he's a cool dude. He seems, he, some people think he's gone over. He seems like he, I want him. When you were working there, I remember tweeting at you and tweeting at him. So I'm like, I just want him to acknowledge Did me. he acknowledge you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cause, cool. Cause cool, you, man. You, uh, you had texted me and you're like, yeah, I went, you said something like you went over to him and asked him, told him to respond and he just responded back like what what's the problem here or something yeah, like that yeah. and i was happy i think the older i get the more fox news i become no you know what i mean i'd be honest i'm the same way i love my colleagues at at uh at cnn i met, met some really cool people it's just that i'm not a political person i've yeah. never been you know i i think that's uh, yeah. the way you and i were raised the way we were taught at least for me in this business is that people listen to whatever they're watching tv if it's not a news something on the news they don't go they don't go to MTV to see somebody talk about politics. They don't go to yeah. your radio show to listen to you talk about politics. They want you, they want to be entertained, not preach that. I got in trouble. I almost got fired on it on MTV. Why? Okay, so it was my first year on MTV. I was doing MTV News, and it was during MTV Choose or Lose as a campaign to get young kids to vote. Okay, and Tom, I remember. I remember that. that sounds familiar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were so. Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. We had this this soundbite. He was talking politics and. I'm, I'm hosting TRL or, or co-hosting TRL with Carson Daly at the time because I was doing the MTV News portion of the TRL segment. And and I had to do this this package on, you know, Rage Against the Machine. They want, they want you to get, get, get out there and vote. But Tom was just going on and on and on, getting all political. But I'm looking around the audience uh, in, in Times Square, and it's all brace-faced kids that are too young to vote. Right. <laughs> so I don't I got to the point where I started like just snoozing during like whatever he had to say. He was up on his soapbox and and I come out of, come out of the package and I go blah 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 blah. Anyway, you guys want to see you want to you want to see you know Rage Against the Machine there out on tour. I can't remember what I said, but I didn't even think anything of it. Went back to my office and was thinking about where I was going to the club that night and I got a phone call from Dave Sorolnik who was the he was the boss man at that time. And he had me come in the office, and he goes, "Because how do you think you did today?" And I was like, "Crushed it, <laughs> right?" I thought I crushed it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I was a pretty confident kid. Um, and he goes, "Really?" And he gets some this other person on the phone. I won't say her name. And and uh, she just tore into me, like literally tore into me. And she's just like, "How dare you?" You know, we have so much. We have we have a relationship with Rage Against the Machine. She goes, "Can you explain yourself?" And I was like, "Yeah, you're boring these kids." They they have no, no they're, they're right. Just, I mean, what are you what are you doing? It's it's the wrong audience, especially for you know it's a teen show. You said that back to the 
the the the person that the boss man called to rip on you, and you that's you're pretty confident. I, that's ballsy. That's awesome that you did that. Yeah, I mean, I just I felt like, what are you going to do? You can fire me. But it's the truth. I just wanted to be myself, you know. Right. Yeah, but it's the truth. Yeah. Right. There are 13 year old kids there that don't couldn't care less. Five years away from even thinking about voting, they're tuning out. And then, right. or, then I'm coming out, going, all right, coming up. You know, the the top three songs on TRL Countdown today. Right. Britney Spears. Will she go number one? You know. Then, <laughs> meanwhile, you know right. we're we're getting all political, and that goes back to your point. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be entertained. Yeah. Never. And I always always thought too is like you know religion and politics. Just we don't have to talk about it. You know. It's yeah. cool. I right. love you for you, man. And I, I have <laughs> friends of mine that are on way right, way left. Yeah. But it, and it, I couldn't kill. My grandma was the uh, the strongest, most politically stubborn Democrat ever. She would have wept every day when Barack Obama was, uh, she died before he became president. Yeah. But every, I just gave her so much crap just because it was fun. And it wasn't, I think that's where I learned it. It doesn't matter what somebody thinks yeah. politically. That's what drives me crazy when someone thinks differently of somebody else. And even though you're being preached to, you got to be you know, tolerant. You got to be this and that. But if you don't agree with me, then I'm not going to talk to you. Pat, I was in Portland for the riots. Okay, so after, oh, yeah. so I had, so after um, after uh, President Trump got elected, I was I, w- I was actually I was sitting in Santa Monica, California, with my girlfriend, and we were at this Hillary Clinton. Um, we didn't we didn't know it. It was it, yeah. it was supposed to be a victory party for her in Santa Monica, California. We're having wine. I'm like, oh my god, I think Trump's gonna be president. And we kind of look at each other like we should get out of here because I think things are gonna turn south. <laughs> <laughs> so so we right. left. We get back, and I was going back to Nebraska to see my family. When I come here, the, the the temperament was different here. Yeah, you know, because it's a red state, mm-hmm. and and then I I got a phone call from Portland saying um, you sh- you should come and look for your condo, and I'm like, is it safe to go there now? He's like, yeah, we're totally fine. The day I got there, they were rioting in the streets. I was like, what? This place, the, the city cr- was like on fire. What's it like to, I mean, being a place where you're actually seeing rioting in front of you, it's not pretty, in a movie. It's pretty scary because it's like you see like you know members of Antifa wearing like you know yeah. black you know black masks and they're throwing rocks through Target right. as you're trying to shop. That's messed up. <laughs> and you're just going and watching local news, you know, film this whole thing to give them more of a platform. It just made no sense to me. It made zero sense right. to me. Right. And then, you know, it's, it's just, you can't, my, my, my belief on that whole entire thing is like, why protest democracy? You have a voice, vote. Right. You know, that's, that's how you get, that's how you, that's how you do it. That's, that's how, how you, you pro- That's how you protest anyway. Um, and uh, the hood situation the mask thing it the, should that, be illegal well and and if you go to other countries for you know um bennett and sofia and i know you know this but they're yeah. from somebody doesn't they're from born in born in guatemala brought them home when they were really young i but remember that. we were down there picking them up like there were down the streets on uh, of antigua guatemala and guatemala city people walk around with these hoods and masks constantly it was terrifying to me constantly scary nothing but every single that. one like the 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 all church groups. Yeah. Like, all, like, happy. But, like, then why do you have a scary mask on? Like, these hoods, and they're church groups, and they're preaching, and you can't see their face. It's scary. And up here, you wear masks and hood like that, and you're an evil person. Other other parts of the world, it's like church hoods. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's it. I'm just like, okay, I'm staying home. <laughs> right. Right. And got your kids out of that. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The best so, thing that ever happened to you. Dude. Well, I mean, talk about your kid. He's oh, going to be just graduating. I mean, my daughter's going to be in high school. I have two high school. Oh, my year. Lord. Daughter? <laughs> well, how are you? Okay, so you already gone through the whole puberty thing with your son. Yeah, in the middle. We of. were talking about this off, off, the, off, uh, off the air. Um, 
about how, you know, there's a certain age where a boy smell like just puberty for like three years. Just buttholes. <laughs> just hot. And not just, not, I'm not, Bennett, if you're listening, I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, but I'm not saying you smell like a butthole. The one, all the one boys. Time, yeah. The one time that he does is right now. Right. Right. It's, and it's the one time that it's like you catch a whiff, you're like, ah, oh, I get it. Your body's changing a minute. I don't remember though going through that, going through that. No, not at all. <laughs> we were, we were super clean. Yeah, right. I should ask my mom that. I'm sure I wasn't. No, was those awkward years. I think it's just a natural smell for a for a kid. But the, your your daughter, you have to go through the whole dating now. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't. And she's that and she uh, and here's her deal is that she's great personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's hilarious. Um, she's cute, and she is she loves track. Not as a runner, but she's a manager for the track team. Oh for wow, the boys track team. So she's ma- she want that was her choice. She wanted to manage the boys' track team because she likes having all the boys come to her. Right, th- that times down, check them in, check them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she's she's smart. She sounds like boss lady. She is. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. But the we're at the the stage now where my wife bought her some um, underpants. And if so, if you're listening, I'm so super sorry. I'm I'm already cringing. I already know where you're going. With I this. can't do it. I can't do it, man. I can't. I can't. Like. When your Wash kids go from that age, that yes. little girl age to, yeah, I can't. I, even even uh, when she was young, I just, there's something about the under, I can't do the laundry. Beth's got to do it. I, when, when it involves that kind of stuff, I can't even do, I can't. I get physically sick. It, do, even with your son too? Because I, I have, not my son. I don't have an issue with any of that. My, my son, yeah, I just don't want to touch his underpants, just in general. <laughs> but my daughter, Without I don't want to even look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, just because they're girls' underwear. I just can't. And I've never been that. Like it was, are you, never, per, are you, are you very protective? Um, very, yeah, I am, but mm-hmm. with her, I don't really need to be like, she's very smart. She's yeah. a smart kid, but yeah, um, I am very protective. Oh, now how, how are we, how are we doing with like social media? Um, she, uh, follow her on everything, check her stuff, you know, as long as I pay for her phone, I get access <laughs> to her phone. Um, you you got to know that these kids, cause I, I learned this too. Cause when, finally my son gave me his other accounts. I had no idea there was more than one. Yeah. So I, I was like, my kid, there, someone asked me that question. It's like, is your kid on social media? I'm like, yeah, not really. <laughs> That's such a. <laughs> He's got a MySpace page. That's it. <laughs> so he had this. He has this. Not he has really. this like Instagram account that I'm like, Dan, you never post anything. He's like, Yeah, I'm not really into like being on social media. He was lying to me. He has like three accounts. He just there's one set up for his parents. And then there's one set up for like, you know, like he's got like this, he does all the Supreme stuff. He sells all this stuff. Yeah. Online. Then he's got his like, you know, the cool count with like all of his, all of his buddies. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, I'll follow you. I go, how long what? have you had this? And he goes, about three, four years. It's like, what? What? This is crazy. And then. Okay. So my daughter has an Instagram account. She barely posts on it. And I ask her why. She goes, ah. I just have pictures private. I don't really. I'm not into posting that much. Yeah, you better go. What? You better start looking. I gotta tell oh, you. Man. Yeah, well, I think they're burner accounts or whatever. Snap is the same thing. He he wouldn't get me. He wouldn't let me on Snap into this last year. But he was such a douchebag on on Snap. Right. I unfollowed my own son. <laughs> you did? Uh, oh my! That's he, like he'd, awesome. he'd be in his car dancing and singing. And I'm going. I so I tell Dana, I go. Are you really doing that? Oh, this is so. It's cringeworthy, right? He goes, yeah, you wow, what's up? Your own <laughs> I followed him. Like, oh, mainly funny. parents like it's, think it's cool to like, you know, oh, cool, I can see what he's doing. No, I don't want to know what he's doing now. Yeah. <laughs> like, just out. Yeah. Block. Yeah, because oh, they, they all look like jackasses at that time. Yeah. I don't know, man. Do you, about uh, musically, TikTok? Does your son do that? It's probably it's more of a girl thing. It's like the thing with 15 second, like little videos, yeah, and lip sync and stuff like He's, that. I think he does that in the car. That's yeah. why I unfollowed yeah, yeah. him. That's, <laughs> that was the catalyst. Yeah, I was like, what is TikTok? But I know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm on, I mean, I, 
I, I try to keep up with the kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard you know? sometimes. Oh, it's my hard. God. Um, so, like, of uh, coming back home, of everything, thinking about it, you know, um, that story you just told about MTV, it's awesome. It's a great story. But what's, like, your, your when you sit back, cause sometimes I'll sit back and think about some of the, not even just necessarily with business, right, or mm-hmm. with work, um, just some cool memories that you have that you, like, when you're sitting there quiet times, you think about what's something, whether it's, for your job, for your, it, I mean, I know there's a lot of kids stuff, man. I have a lot of great memories with my kids. I love all that stuff. When you're sitting there and you've had the career that you've had and you're young, still yeah. young, uh, what's like your go-to that you think about? Is your MTV time, your radio time? No, you know, MTV, people always think it's it's MTV. Um, I think about my time here in Nebraska yeah. and trying to get out. I was, I, mean, I, was, I, I was like in college and what helped me pay for school was being a mobile DJ. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to DJ weddings around town and I used to DJ like, uh, for complete music. Was that the name? Y- of the yeah, I think yeah. it's, yeah, that's, yeah, it was, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, and I, I would DJ, um, I'm not saying that's a sexy time of my life. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I would go to the MTV days, you know, that yeah. was, that was, I was getting paid a party then, but it really, it, it, t- it showed me responsibility. Cause I was, I've been on my own since I was 16 emancipated. So oh was, really? Yeah. So it was kind of like I needed to have these jobs to get me going, and I knew that oh, I didn't know. That. I knew that that guy that kind of helped me. It gave me um, a little bit of a platform to perform when I was doing that. Yeah. And I learned them. It was great too because I got dates out of it. Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> you know, right. you, go, you go to these weddings and you go to these like parties. I was DJing frat parties and you know I was having a fun, like, a really good time in college and and um, I, I just remember I saved up enough money of doing that and I, I put it uh, put it in the bank and I knew that if I, I once I started, you know, sending my tapes out to all these radio stations across the country, I had enough money for at least a month's rent. That's cool. I mean, that, that's an yeah. accomplishment, man. I mean, really, no wonder you think about that a lot because that's something that you worked hard yeah. for. You got all on your own. Didn't need any help from anybody else. You did it all on your own. Oh, and the Outback Steakhouse. I worked at the Outback Steakhouse. Seventy second, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Bloomin' Onion. What, it was. It was kind of like that. You know that. What was that? Uh, the Bloomin' Onion. Yes. What was that movie with? Uh, was it Ryan Reynolds was in it? Just waiting is that is that the name of the? It was like I don't know. it was a movie about like um like, like a restaurant and all these kids worked at and oh I don't remember oh god I don't know. it's it's yeah it's, it's such a great movie but it's, how long did you work there? The Outback I think I worked there for maybe two years yeah maybe a year or two yeah it helped pay me I mean I was waiting tables and DJing and I just kind of I needed to do that just to help pay for school and get me out of here and it's not that I wanted to leave Omaha because I hate Omaha but I knew that I wanted I knew entertainment was what I what I wanted to do and it yeah, wasn't going to be here it'd be hard to do it here yeah yeah and I had that one window and I was like I took it and that's the advice I had to give to anybody is if, if you get an opportunity and and it's you got to take it because you're not going to have another opportunity to that's do that that's so true yeah you, you most likely won't have another opportunity to do it. It's safe to say you probably won't. If it's no. if it's an opportunity where you're going to look back and say, God, I wish I had done that, yeah. you probably won't have another opportunity specifically like that. And Pat, you know, I'm, you probably have heard this too. Be like, you know how many people have told you that you couldn't do it like when you were younger? 100%. They're just like, what? Wow, radio? You're going to get yeah. on radio? You know how many people like just, they don't even eat. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're <laughs> you know? right. How do you get in that? I, um, yeah. my, uh, old radio partner and he's still a great friend, Scott Papik. And he was up here talking, I don't know, a couple, well, he's the guy who did the Ranchable documentary with me. He and I were, did nights at the edge a long time ago. And our parents, my, his, his mom just didn't get it. Didn't understand. And he's a few years older than me. Um, and he was working for free just cause he wanted to get in it. And I was working for almost free just yeah. enough to tax me. Right. And so his, his mom just didn't understand my parents. They just didn't get it. They, they kind of weren't as, uh, 
Well, they didn't talk about it to, yeah. to me as much as Scott's mom talked about it to him. And finally, for Mother's Day, we had our moms come into the studio and talk about oh, cool. like, corn and seven dust and all that stuff. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but after that, after we did seven to midnight, and at midnight, I remember Scott and his mom and my mom and I walking out, and she just turned to Scott, and she's like, I get it. I get it. That's go, cool, go man. Go do it, man. And he, he's to this day, he just told that story last week. And it's just, it was one of those things where it's, it's, it was, it was validating, you know, for both yeah. of us because we, we knew what we wanted to do. We could see it, we could feel it. And to hear her say that was pretty cool. I just got I chills when he said that. And it reminded me of when I was, uh, I hosted Miss Teen USA. It's, it's kind of weird that I actually worked for Donald Trump. Right. A yeah, couple times. Is. Yeah. Did yeah. you sign your check, actually? Um, I don't. No, no, no. I think the production that company would have been or CBS. Cool. I was, it was on CBS, so it was, but I had to go to his office and sit down with him, and he's like, you right. know, we, second time we're hiring you for this. <laughs> you know? Really? That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, but the, the, mom, the mom moment that I had, yeah. um, that, you, that y'all had, uh, my, we, when I was a kid, we used to watch all the pageants. My mom was like addicted to the pageants, like the Miss USA, the Miss yeah. America pageants. And, right. and we, we'd watch them, and we would kind of like, it was kind of fun because we'd, we'd have food, and it was like a great way to look at hot girls. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you know, nine, 10 years old watching my mom. <laughs> a sanctioned like, way to just stare at girls' butts. Mom, I get it. Texas mm-hmm. is smoking. <laughs> look at those napes. <laughs> the napes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we'd watch them, and then when I got hired on to do it for you know the Miss Miss Universe pageant, uh, I I had a, like that moment where here I am backstage. I'm in live in in Bossier City, Louisiana, and and there's like this all star panel, you know, of judges. And here I'm, you're there. I'm the host of the show, and when the show was done, I stayed backstage, and I kind of just had that moment where it's just like, wow. And then talking to my mom, and my mom, I know how proud my mom oh, was. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So you hadn't really thought about it up to that point where you're backstage. It all kind of just came together. Yeah, because everything was coming so fast. Like I, I was, I was. Uh, I mean, I went from, I went from like literally <laughs> scraping, eating ramen noodles. I mean, this all happened within five years. Um, eating ramen noodles to living in my my Jeep in Minneapolis for a couple of weeks before I found a place, and then, um, you know. Finally, I'm on I'm on national television hosting it, and I was just like, "Wow, it happened wild. so fast." Where that was the first time I was like, "Wow, yeah, that's wild, yeah. man." That, I mean, that's that's how it happens, though. I mean, yeah. usually, you know. Yeah. Although the overnight success, sensation is never that. They never taught you know people that see somebody from Omaha is all of a sudden on MTV News. Didn't re- you know two weeks living in your Jeep, the working all the DJs, yeah, the, the working at Outback. They didn't see all that stuff. It's just the instant on the prostitution MTV. and yeah. No, I'm <laughs> The handies in the back. <laughs> the alley. handies is like, what are you doing? It's like I had to do it, man, and I had no lotion. <laughs> I gotta get there. <laughs> I just, you know, you got it's, it's, you know, you got to do it, Pat. Yeah, now you got lotion. <laughs> do you remember your first time, like on not sex, but I mean your your first time ever potting the mic up when, and you remember where you were at, and how mm-hmm. great of a feeling, and how scared you were, scared to death. Yeah. Scared of that, and it was it was awful. I wish I still had the cassette tape because it was a disaster. <laughs> it was a it was um, Rex and Effect Rump Shaker, and it was like seven seconds to talk. And I said my name twice and the name of the station three times. Seven <laughs> seconds. Oh, you got you have that you do you do have the tape? I don't. I don't oh, know where it is. Man. I, I wish I did. I Rex and to Effect, it, and I thought I owned it like a boss. And then my and talk about somebody that said you'd never do it. That next day, who uh, uh, his name was Dan was Dan Kylie. He passed away not too long yeah. ago. But went from Omaha to Minneapolis, KDWB, and then went from there to Kiss in LA. And he's the one who hired Seacrest out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he, b- before all that stuff happened, he looked at me the next day. He's like, I will never put you on the radio as long as the sun comes up in the next, you know, 
the next day. I'll never put you on the radio again. So flash forward another you know, eight months, nine months later, he did, you know, but still hearing that fired me up. It's like, I don't want to hear that from anybody, especially somebody I, re- I respect. Yeah. And I, he's, he's phenomenal. So it, I, you know, I was crushed for a minute, but then I'm like, no, screw that. I'm, I'm out. I'm going. I had this Steve Kingston moment. Um, is the moment where I, he told me, he, you know what he said to me? And it was like mm. the biggest, the, the, the worst things you could ever hear. And it wasn't because I don't like Omaha, but he says, do what you got to do, man. You want to go back to Omaha? I would hear that over and over again in my head. So yeah. I, I was, um, when I was in New York, I was doing double shifts. I was doing 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. shift with Kane. And then I would do it another show from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. And I'd make extra money. It was like through SAG and after. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, was, you know when, you're, when you're 21, 22 years old, that's making that kind of money in New York City. Okay, okay cool. I'll and work. you need to. I mean, I'll work 16 hours a day. That's right, fine with me. You know, we right. had the energy to do it. It was a weekend, and I didn't really know New York too well, and I was living in New Jersey at the time. It was in 97. And they, they shut down the Lincoln Tunnel. How, oh, my God, how do I get in the city? What am I going to do? And I'm driving to the city to do my overnight. This is on a weekend. Like, what, what are you going to so do? So I'm thinking, you know what? It's cool. I, I've never called in sick. I'll just call in sick. <laughs> so I called up Kingston, and oh, I said, hey. How did that go Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. He goes, and I didn't know. I was, you know, just naive. It's like, oh, that's what, what's what you do if you know. I got like seven hours of PTO. Sh- shit happens. Right. You know, I'm, I'm totally cool. This is going to be totally fine. He, uh, he, so I, I called, I said, Steve, I go, I'm having an issue getting into the city. It's Lincoln Tunnel. And he goes, he goes, yeah, which point? And I go, I, I can't get to the city. And he goes, well, there's a river and you can swim, and swim, swim. No laughing. And then, and then I go, I don't, I, I'm serious. I don't know how to get into the city. And he goes, he goes, I either swim or go back to Omaha. Hung up the phone. I'm freaking so out. So what did like, you do? I, Oh, I, I mean, what, what an idiot. This is before wet? GPS. No, yeah. I just went to the, just went across the GW bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to block down and go across the bridge. <laughs> I just went across the bridge. That was about it. But I mean, it scared me. I was just like, go back to Omaha. What's, what's so bad about Omaha? We've got Runzas. We've got Valentino's Pizza. Pearson salted nut rolls. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, I, just went, I just went down the block. And <laughs> just across the bridge. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> that voice. And he was like five feet three. <laughs> That's just the just, way you did it. Scary. Go back to Omaha, man. Yeah, and it wasn't like Omaha's a bad place, but it was just the, the symbolism of not succeeding when you, you took off yeah. to do something, didn't succeed, went back home. What was the one job that you wanted to have that you, you haven't done, but if you, could, if you had a dream job that you can do every single day? Oh, man. Um, I don't know, dude. I love this. Isn't that amazing? I love it. I really don't think there's... You just answer your own question, or my yeah. question. It's right there. Yeah. Huh. I mean, are you too? No, until the day I die, I'd be the play-by-play guy for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, Yeah, that would be... Pretty, yeah. I mean, that would be a great... I don't know enough about football, but you'd be the guy that knows everything, and I'll be the color guy next to you. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. We're just hanging out. I would eat Valentino's pizza in the stadium. Oh, be, we'd be just diabetic <laughs> fat freaks. <laughs> Our, this show would be sponsored by diabetes. It w- yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, well, um... Brian, man, thanks for taking the time to hang. Dude, you, you and I have been friends for so long. Um, and this is, I can't believe we, well, I can't believe we haven't done this because we just started doing this four months ago. But now, invitation always open. And would love it if you, I mean, you have your stuff in, in New York. Yeah. You want to And I'm back here on? a lot too, so that's good. So, yeah. yeah, dude, I think we should do something together. It'd be yeah. fun. That's, that's awesome. Let's do it. I appreciate it, man. Let's not make it another three years. No, let's not. Well, let's go this weekend and have some beers. Sounds good. Love All you, right, buddy. Pat and JT Podcast. A Parkville Media Production.